0: Today, on Abounding Grace, from Ed Taylor. So to the yous that are downcast, add to your faith. To you that are depressed, add to your faith. To you that are angry, add to your faith. To you that are frustrated, add to your faith. To those of you that are thinking it shouldn't be this way, add to your faith. Do you see uselessness in your life today? Do you see barrenness? Have you forgotten all that Jesus has done and continues to do? Are you asking right now, am I still saved? If that's where you are, then ask yourself the question, am I saved? This is amazing
1: grace. I think we'd all agree it would be rather alarming to meet someone in a 40-year-old body that had the maturity level of a four-year-old. We'll take that into the spiritual realm now. If we've ceased to grow spiritually over the years, then it reveals there's something terribly wrong. We're to grow in Christ until we get to heaven. And Pastor Ed Taylor will encourage us in that direction today on Abounding Grace. We're going through 2 Peter chapter 1, where we run across seven
0: virtues we're to add to our faith. Verse 5, so now he comes to the conclusion. He says, for this, also for this very reason. Well, what reason? Well, God's given us promises, and he's helping us. Uh, we've been uh, partakers of the divine nature. And this isn't some weird thing, the partakers of the divine nature. I know those on television and false teachers will go, oh, you could become God. That's not, you're not God. You'll never be God. Thank God, you're not God. That's never going to happen. When you partake of the divine nature, it means God's developing you in your spiritual realm. He's making you more God-like, but you're not God. You never will be God. So stop saying it, or stop thinking it, or stop aspiring to it. It's just not from the Lord. The, the way up is actually down, trusting the Lord to fill you. Like you ask, you, you don't ask the Lord. I hope you don't when you're praying. Fill, Lord, i just ask you, to fill me with me. Fill me with more me. Uh, be ye filled with me. No, the Bible says be ye filled with the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't live your life in such a way where you're in the flesh. You don't pray to be filled with you. And if you do come up after the service, we need to pray for you and lay hands on you. You either have been taught wrong, and this is the first time you're ever hearing it, or you're just plain wrong, and we need to pray for you so that you can grow. Because this is what you're to do. You ready? For this very reason, because you're partaking of the divine nature. Through that, you're escaping the corruption. You're in the world, not of the world. For this very reason, give all diligence. Now, if you like to write in your Bibles, circle this word right next to it, speed. It has the idea of doing something quickly. And also has the idea of the word Urge. There's a movement. Uh, Also, this Greek word can be translated hasten. It has the idea of fast. Do this repetitively. Do this quickly. And there's also another word, uh, earnestness, that you could write next to this. That's what diligence is here. Be be doing this fast, speedily, with diligence, with earnestness. And then he says, add to your faith. So you have faith because you're born again. And he gives you these characteristics. You ready? Add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. So let's knock these down one by one, especially if you're taking notes. Very important to understand. First of all, you add to your faith virtue. Virtue, righteous excellence. This is Paul telling young Timothy to live your life above reproach. Add to your life a righteous excellence. This word speaks of a moral excellency. There is a morality that comes with following Jesus Christ. And it is contrary to the ways of this culture. It speaks of having good actions, having courage and fortitude. So add to your faith virtue. Live a life of righteous excellence. To virtue, add knowledge. This is righteous information. So you're going to have the word righteous in all of these. Righteous information, right? If we're going to seek God... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is part of what it looks like. You want to learn how to seek God and his righteousness? Well, add to your faith, number one, virtue. Number two, knowledge. This speaks of insight, spiritual insight, spiritual understanding. Our minds can be so cluttered with the filth of this world that we must choose to renew our minds with the purity of God's word, the purity of fellowship, the purity of prayer, the purity of worship, As we learn in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, or excuse me, in verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is not a one-time experience. It's constantly add, add, add. Thirdly, to knowledge, add self-control. This is righteous restraint. So you have righteous excellence, looking for that in your life. Righteous information, now righteous restraint. Now we do know that a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So we do know when we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, even um, by practice, as you submit yourself to the teaching of God's Word today, you are exercising in many ways self-control. And that's a good thing. And it's a good habit to develop. But did you know that you can also choose to control yourself? (laughs) Did you know that? When the Bible speaks of the Spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet— it, in first corinthians it's not saying that the holy spirit will always hinder that prophet it means that you have the ability to make good choices and the more you make choices of self control the more you'll be cooperating with the fruit of the spirit and you say well what's the difference ed i don't understand when is it my choice and when is the spirit's choice what difference does it make live in self-control say no to sin don't go somewhere don't look at something uh, you know, don't say what's on your mind. Don't post. Don't send the email. Like, just control yourself. Like, you know what it's like. You're right there and you kind of get that thought. I shouldn't be doing this. Then don't do it. And even in prayer, you're like, the Holy Spirit's giving you self-control. It doesn't matter if it's your choice or the Spirit's choice. It doesn't matter. Add it to your faith. Add it to your faith. That could be through submission or it could be by decision. Uh, like, for example, Proverbs 16:32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Proverbs 25, 28. Whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And this is key because now I know more that I must be careful to use my life and my decisions wisely by the spirit. And I can participate in a life of self-control. I can say no. Either in response to the Holy Spirit, my own decision, or both. I can say no. Add to that, notice the next one, perseverance. This is righteous endurance. Again, you guys are familiar. This word has come up over and over again in Hebrews. This is the word hupamone. The idea behind this is to bear up under a load to have a supernatural power of God to bear up under, but also because these things have been given to you and I as to, as to you and me as directions, we can choose, we can make a choice. Like some of you, like this seemed to be a word today. You can make a choice. Even if it's tonight, you don't quit. Just, but Ed, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what you're going to do either, but right now you can choose not to quit. You can add to your faith right now. You can add to your self-control right now. You can add to your righteous knowledge right now. I just say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to give it another day. Well, Ed, What happens after tomorrow? Well, it sounds like you may, you're may. you a little worried about tomorrow. Let's just worry about today. And when you get there, listen to my voice. Don't quit. Just pop that into your head. Don't quit. Don't quit. Make me your ringtone. Don't quit. Don't quit. And you just like, stop calling me. Don't quit. You can add this to your life. You can add these things into your life. Righteous endurance. There are no shortcuts to spiritual maturity. God would have us both to experience and extend patience to others who are growing in grace. He would have us to hupomone, to bear up under the weight of the heaviness of life. He is telling people that are on the run, hang in there. That's the kind of the way we say it. But then that always gives the emphasis about, oh, who's, you know, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. And you know, that usually means you're barely hanging on. <laughs> but the good news is that even if your hand slips, the Lord is going to take care of you. He's going to hold on to you. He's not going to let you slip through. Add perseverance. To that, he says, add godliness. One of the great accusations against Christianity is toward its morality and godliness. I have to say as a church, perhaps our church has been uh, a part of that as well, but there can be a morality that isn't biblical. You know, it's legalistic. There can be things that we've misrepresented the heart of Jesus. There's been times where certainly I have done that, and the Lord has to pull me back and just point people to the Lord. But I'm not talking about that. That's our problem. The morality and righteousness of God is not a problem. It's not a problem. You may have a problem with the way it was delivered to you. You may have a problem because you have a sin in your life right now that it rubs up against. But the righteousness and morality of God, godliness, we begin all things pertaining to life and godliness. So the things that we know about godliness need to be added to our life. We don't become less godly as we grow older. We should become more godly. There's, godliness is not perfection, it's righteous living. It's righteous living. When there comes a a point in time when I'm faced with the decision to follow God or follow man, I follow God by choosing to live a life that's pleasing to Him. Glorifying God. I don't make excuses. I I don't operate in a way where I'm mad or resisting people. I want godliness in my life and I want to add it to my, I want more godliness, not less. Not only that, notice he says, to godliness we're to add brotherly kindness. This is righteous kindness. This is the same word that's familiar to you. It's the, from the root word we get Philadelphia. It's brotherly love. There's a brotherly kindness to this. And this helps us in all these areas of our life from becoming harsh and insensitive to those around us that are a little bit behind us or need more maturity or don't know as much as we do or we disagree with. Brotherly kindness truly helps us to be patient with each other, especially when we're being attacked, especially when things are happening from within, especially when there's defection, when there's difficulty, there's false teaching. Man, we need more brotherly kindness in the body of Christ, not less, and he's not walking around, look at how self-controlled I am. Look at how I've never quit. And I'm so godly. What's your problem? No, 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 no. Brotherly kindness. This is goodness. It has, the, it has the, the idea of goodness, like in its genuine form. Add it to your life. And then what does he say at the end? To brotherly kindness, love. And he could have added. He could have started with that. He could say, said, just live a life of agape love. But Peter is a very practical man, not quite as practical as James, but he was nonetheless a very practical man. And he anticipated by the Holy Spirit hey, how do I do that? How do I do this? And these are some of the steps you can take right away. How do I live a godly life? How do I follow Christ? What are the next steps? If you just took this section and prayed it in your life for the next 30 days, you will change. You don't need an explanation. You don't need to rehear the Bible study. If you just took verses 5 all the way through verse, um, verse 9, God would bless you and develop it's, these things in your life. Because notice the result. The result is in verse 8. For if these things are yours and abound. And how do they abound? Because you're adding them, adding them, adding them. It's not a one-time thing. This is your life as a believer. Uh, if these are yours and abound... Here's the benefits. These are the promises. Precious promise. Here's promise number one. You will neither be barren. Promise number two. You will not be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why is that so important? Why is it so important to be knowledgeable in Jesus Christ? Well, Peter just said that we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. And you're like, well, how do I know? How do I know who Jesus is? Well, not only do you read his stories through the Gospels, but you begin to live out these Christian virtues in your life. And if these are yours, you're not going to be stumbled. You're not going to be unfruitful. The fruit of the Spirit will be yours because, in a very real way, these are the fruit of the Spirit. And you know, when you are feasting on the goodness of God, you want more. You're not coming to me after service with a list of all the things you've done for God. You just want more from God. You're not going to come and go, look how much I've, you know, look, Ed, I took you up on 30 days, and here are the 30 things that God has done in my life. Now, you may want to give a testimony in such a way, and it reminds me we should have a testimony night here very soon, where you can give testimony to the goodness of God in your life with your church family. But it's not going to be the motive of trying to impress me. It's not going to be the motive of, oh man, look how much of a better believer. I am. Those that come with a real testimony are saying, Look what God has done in my life. Ed, you were right. Because the Bible is right. And I believe God's word. You told me to memorize that scripture. God used it two days later. You you explained to me what self-control looked like. And I've been all battling. Is this from the Lord? Not from the Lord. But I just decided to make good decisions. Oh, really? And it blessed you. Yeah, it blessed me. I know, it's good. because It says right here, add to your life, self-control. It's just the outgrowing of a life and cooperation with the Holy Spirit. And you wonder, man, how am I making these good decisions? Well, the spirit of God is in you. And if these are yours, you're going to see fruit. If these are yours, you're going to see vibrancy. You're going to see life. Three things you're going to see. Let me restate it for you. Three things you're going to see as you're not unfruitful and you are not barren in your walk with the Lord. Number one, you're going to have a deeper love for God. Number two, you're going to have a deeper love for the brethren. And thirdly, you're going to have a deeper love for the lost. You're gonna live out exactly what Jesus said. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I broke the neighbor into two categories, believers and unbelievers. We're all neighbors. We're all neighbors. Your life will be solid. You won't falter. You won't stumble. But if they're not in your life, if you blow off another Bible study and you don't really take it to heart and really pray through it, then your life is gonna be so limited. You'll be quenching the Spirit of God in your life. A lack of these things, notice, he says. Here's what happens, verse 9. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted. Circle that word. This is an interesting word. It certainly does mean short-sighted. It means not being able to see long-term, not being able to see eternity. It does mean short-sighted. But also, one of the definitions for this word, and I want everybody to do this. So go ahead and put your Bibles down. Put everything down. Take your glasses off. All right, you guys listening, if you're driving, don't do this. Do it later. So, knowing this on the radio, take your glasses off. So, first of all, everyone took their glasses off. You can't see to begin with. All right, so now you're starting to begin short sightedness. But everyone has perfect vision. We all know, 2020, 2015, we all get it. You can see better than us. Even those of you, I want you to squint your eyes so that you can barely see. Squint your eyes. Now, I can't see you at all, so you're just trusting you're doing it. And you're thinking, this is really dumb, Ed. Yeah, but you'll remember it forever. Squint your eyes, because that's what happens in your life. Put your glasses back on, open your eyes. That's the difference. You can see clearly, or you can see short-sighted. It's your choice. It's your choice. You can see clearly. You can see distance. Spiritually, you can see up ahead. Or those that lack these things, you're short-sighted. Look, even to blindness. Circle that word blindness right next to it blind that's what it is we have a sister in the fellowship here who's lived with blindness for many years if you want to know her perspective i'm sure if you asked her and she was ready to share she'd share her perspective with you but blindness you circle that word spiritually you know what that means self-deceived self-deceived you don't see hear or believe the truth And then you live your life according to a lie. And the worst part of that is self-deception is you believe the lie is actually a truth. That's how far you. And thirdly, you forget that you were cleansed from his old sin, from your old sins. You forget you're born again. You start living like an unbeliever. Is it possible for a believer to live like an unbeliever? Answer that, church. Is it possible for a believer to live like an unbeliever? Yeah, and it breaks my heart every time I hear or see it or watch it. Sometimes guys don't recover from it. Sometimes kids don't recover from it. Sometimes it just reveals that they weren't believers all along. And it's painful. So he says in light of that, and we're going to close here in verse 10, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent, same word, be even more diligent earnest, be, with speed, with an urgency, be more diligent to make your call and election sure. Because if you do these things, you'll never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember for a second here before we leave, Peter is speaking to those who seem to have gone through a dry spell in their life. They've been affected by their surroundings. They've been affected from the outward persecution. Who isn't? We're just now finding out, coming in a few years, just how affected we have been, just how hard it has been living in this world that's upside down like never before. They're just now beginning to see. They're just now beginning to watch and deal with the effects that we all just kind of got through, got through, got through. But now, as things are slowing down or turning corners and such, we're just now beginning to see that many believers during this last year or so have been fruitless. Many believers have had great difficulty larger than the world's problems. Many believers have been living in discouragement and deep depression. And one of the reasons it's become worse is a simple misapplication of this text. So to the use that are downcast, add to your faith. To you that are depressed, add to your faith. To you that are angry, add to your faith. To you that are frustrated, add to your faith. To you that are on the run because of great discouragement, great persecution, add to your faith. To those of you that are thinking it shouldn't be this way, add to your faith. Do you see uselessness in your life today? Do you see barrenness Have you forgotten all that Jesus has done and continues to do? Are you asking right now, am I still saved? If that's where you are, then ask yourself the question, am I saved?
1: This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor. It's part of a study in 2 Peter Catch a replay when you visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. If you haven't already downloaded the free app, simply search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. We also have a podcast. Pastor Ed is back with us now. And Ed, for those that have been listening a while and helped by this ministry, there are some ways that they can get involved. Would you touch on that as we close?
0: You know, Larry, we're always encouraged, first of all, just to hear from you if you're listening and the Lord has used Abounding Grace in your life. We want to hear from you. Email me. You can email me directly at ed at edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, or go to our website, aboundinggraceradio.com, aboundinggraceradio.com. But you can get involved by letting us know, praying for us financially supporting us, telling your friends about us, tell your friends about this local radio station that you're on, but just knowing that you're praying for us, knowing that you are continuing to give financially is super helpful as we produce this and and have plans on expanding and being used greatly. We're partnering together. I mean, that's really what it amounts to. We partner together. Not only do we have Abounding Grace Radio, but we also have radio stations here in Colorado. I don't know if you knew that, but we have a radio network called grace fm that covers 80 percent, 80 80 of colorado's population and we have desire to branch out and buy one more station uh so that we we have these prisons down south here in colorado uh, in a city called canyon city so just pray for us would you uh, if you want to give toward that great but pray for us We want to reach those that are in prison, those that can't get out. Radio is able to get in where we aren't able to get in physically. It's just so good. So partner with us. Let me hear from you. I'd love to hear personally. I was just spending the morning answering uh, dozens and dozens of emails. I'd love to answer yours and minister to you. Thank you. Thank you in advance for your prayers and financial
1: support. It really means a lot. Here in the month of February, we've picked out an excellent book written by Catherine McDougall titled, Ebenezer Stones, you'll see how just an ordinary stone can remind you of our extraordinary God. As you read Ebenezer Stones, you'll be taken on a journey through the many ways that God is faithful in our lives, from bringing us into a relationship with Him to changing us from the inside out, providing for and guiding us and protecting us too. Read all about it in Ebenezer Stones. And we'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. Request your book today by calling us toll free, 877 30 GRACE. Again, 877 30 GRACE. You can also make your request at calvaryco.store on the web. Again, that's calvaryco.store. If you'd rather not have the book but still want to make a donation, that can be done rather easily at aboundinggraceradio.com. Don't miss our next study in 2 Peter. It's going to be a good one. That's tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And may God richly bless you with His abounding grace.